For the first time in school history, Iowa State is headed to the Big 12 championship game. Kansas State gets absolutely blown out by Texas in Manhattan. And Texas Tech almost, almost gave Kansas its first win of the season. Welcome in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Fun show coming up for you today. We've got five games from this past weekend that we will be digesting here on the podcast. Of course, we've got a preview of next weekend's games coming up, as well as our 10 of 12 top 10 as we do every week here on the show. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. I'd appreciate that very much. You can stay up to date with everything going on around the league. Like I said, we've got five games here. Um, We'll go down the line here. You've got West Virginia losing to Iowa State up there in Ames, 42 to 6. A very dominant performance from the Cyclones. Baylor put up a little bit of of a fight against Oklahoma, but they still lose it 27 to 14 in Norman. How about in Fort Worth? We've got a little bit of an upset here. TCU beating Oklahoma State 29 to 22. Kansas came up just short, uh, 16 to 13, against Texas Tech down there in Lubbock, and right here back at home, 69 to 31, as Kansas State was embarrassed by Texas. Um, usually we would start it off with the best game of the week, which was clearly Iowa State, West Virginia on paper, but we're, we're going to start it off here with Kansas State and Texas. Um, I, I mean, I feel like every week with Kansas State, there I, I say it every show, there's so many different avenues you can go with this team and what they did wrong or who's struggling, who made the mistakes, who's to blame, all of that stuff, things of that nature. Um, but this team, in my eyes, really just checked out of this season, okay? I did not expect this to happen one bit. I usually, I'm never too optimistic with Kansas State, but on Saturday I was really confident that they would get a win against Texas. The stars were lined up perfectly for K-State to pull off the home upset against the Longhorns. Um, and I raised the question last week. It was pretty simple. If you think Tom Herman has more respect of his players, then then you're riding Texas all the way here. If you think it's Chris Kleiman, you're riding Kansas State, right? And I think most people could agree that Chris Kleiman has more respect than Tom Herman from his players. We saw you know multiple starters opting out from Texas. You know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that K State's a, a perfect team and every you know scholarship athlete on that roster is perfect. I'm not saying that because K-State has had their fair share of, you know, let's call it personality issues. But overall, I think one who's followed both teams can probably assume that, you know, heading into that game, K-State has the advantage there. Um, But I was dead wrong on that. I mean, what in the world was that performance from Kansas State? That team has absolutely, um, they checked out of that game before it even started. Um, in Manhattan. Uh, this is something we've been talking about a lot on Go Power Cat. Will they go to a bowl game? Will they not? I, I don't know. I, I truly don't know any inside scoop on that. But I don't think you do anymore if you're Kansas State. Okay, if you win this game, maybe sure you, you might want to end it on another win here. But I mean, you've lost five in a row. This season is just gone to, it's it, it keeps going down and down and down and down. And you think it can't, <laughs> you think it can't get any worse. And then boom, K-State loses you know, they give up 69 points at home, the most they've given up um, since the turn of the century. So it's just not a good look for your school. And I think after this game, you take it all in, you soak it all in, you're Chris Klein and you're saying, no, we're done. We're done with the season. My players clearly didn't care enough to play in this game. Let's just, let's be done with it. We don't want to risk an injury. Um, these guys are going to have to go to, you know, Phoenix or wherever they're going to go for 
you know, their bowl game, and they're going to be locked in their hotel rooms, okay? That's part of the bowl experience is going out, exploring the city, doing all the, you know, activities, going to these. You, you, you get the gist there. So they're not going to be able to do that this year. I think K-State's probably going to call it a season. Again, I don't, I'm not 100% confident, but I, if, if, if I was climbing, that's what I'd do. I, you're done with the season. It's over. You, you lost by what? A lot of points to Texas. Um, you know, what is that? Uh, 30, 38 points. Um, and I real quick here, this just, just just popped into my head. I didn't even um, plan on saying this, but Kleiman's decision to punt in the third quarter, I tweeted that out. Um, the K-State was down two or three touchdowns. I think it was, I don't know, two or three touchdowns. K-State's down. Um, why in the hell would you punt the football? Why? It just didn't make any sense. I mean, if you want to win that game, you've got to leave your offense on the field and let them try to go down and score points because K-State's defense is really the, the main story of this game. I, I've, I've taken a second to get to that, but K-State's defense was just abysmal. I mean, you there's no reason you should just punt the football. I mean, it's something that really bugs me, you know, in the sport. If you're down in the fourth quarter too possessions like there's no justifying punting ever I just don't get it anyway that's a side note why would you give Texas the football they're gonna score they are going to score if you watched that game the I believe I mean I, I was there unfortunately I, I really have a bad luck um bad luck charm I've gone to two games as a fan over the past two seasons of course they lose it to Texas um this season and then last season when I had a game free from broadcasting and doing radio stuff, I went and watched the West Virginia game as a fan. And they lost that game as well. <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing for Kansas State, given West Virginia's season last year. That's apart from the point here. Um, I checked out of this game after, I think, the third quarter. Once that ended, I was yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm not wasting any more of my Saturday here and watching this team get blown out without any effort or without any, you know, they didn't care. They did not care. So, um the defense is really what was, um, you know, that, I, I and again, I can't speak for the fourth quarter because I didn't watch a second of that because I couldn't, no, not going to happen. Um, but the way the offense was playing for Texas, you don't give them the football back unless you score and then it's a kickoff. And, you know, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense why Kleiman would do that. Um, I believe within the first three quarters, I don't think Texas ever – didn't score a touchdown other than the last drive of the half when they had to punt because they went three and out. So, um, you know, K-State, it's it's crazy to think that they were still in this game at halftime. It was a two-touchdown game. Felt like Kansas State was down 50 points at halftime, and they were down two touchdowns. And, of course, the final score tells you that they were never in that game. But still, I mean, K-State had a chance. They, they I mean, if they could have just gotten their act together – out of halftime, they would have had a chance in this game. And that's something we've talked a lot about here um, is the halftime adjustments or lack thereof for the coaching staff. Is that Kleiman? Is that Messingham? I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not going to get into that. But it's clear and obvious that this team regresses in the second half. They don't make those steps forward. You know, you might have your perfect game plan. You, you know, you script out 10, 15, 20 plays in the first half. Um, and, it, and it works great. It's phenomenal. Sure, that's fine. But when the second half comes, you've got to realize – you're going up against some good coaches in the Big 12. Okay, Tom Herman, of course he gets a lot of heat for not living up to the Texas standard that is set down there in Austin, but he's still a Division I, you know, Power 5 coach. He's going to make adjustments coming out of halftime, right? So Kansas State's really struggling 
in that regard. I think that they really, I mean, they were in this game. Like I said, they were only down two scores. You get a stop on defense there, and you got a chance to make it a one-possession game. Clearly that didn't happen. Um, and, and, and most people here will be very quick to blame Will Howard or the offensive, anything offensively, period. People are going to be very quick to blame that group or that player on the offensive side of the football. And rightfully so. I, I'm with you. I think that Will Howard made some dumb throws, no doubt about it. I don't want to be harsh. I don't want to be critical because he's a freshman, and I get that. I totally do. At the same time, though, you know, they did fine. They they scored 31 points, right? I mean, in the Big 12, is that going to win you every single game? Probably not. Is it going to win you a good amount of games? I'd I'd say so. You look around the Big 12 um, this weekend, you only had – one team eclipsed 31 points, other than Texas, of course, which was Iowa State, who scored 42 points, right? You got West Virginia with six, Baylor with 14, Oklahoma with 20, uh, 27, excuse me, Oklahoma State 22, TCU 29, Kansas 13, Texas Tech 16, right? So 31 points should win you a majority of your games if you are an offense. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, Will Howard and, and Co. definitely set up some easy scores for the Longhorns, the special teams for Kansas State was. Um, I'm trying to. I, I'm trying to think of words because I keep saying embarrassing, abysmal. I keep saying these same words, but it was just a joke from Kansas State. Really, they didn't have a chance to win this game. The the effort on defense, the the, the tackling was really the biggest thing. I think if you're a Wildcat fan, that has to frustrate you. Is the fact that K State probably missed two dozen tackles in this game. Um, easy, fundamental tackles, and it's just like they didn't really care. It was like they were scared to get hit by these Longhorn players. I mean, Texas is, uh, you know, 100% a more talented football team than Kansas State. There's no doubt about that. But that doesn't give you an excuse to not tackle someone or just, eh, I'm going to hit him and hope he goes down. If he doesn't, eh, who cares? One of my other teammates will get it. And if you get that mentality going out throughout your entire team, you've got a big problem. So, I mean, this was a pretty um, unorganized rant that I had from this game. I think most Wildcat fans would agree. I, I, you know, I, I am aware of the fact that this is the COVID season, yada, 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 this game. This season doesn't necessarily matter. They, you know, K-State got their young guys playing time. But when you start off, uh, you know, 4-0 in the Big 12, you beat Oklahoma in Norman, I think that, that fans are going to get um, – upset when you lose five in a row to, f- to finish out the season, right? That's just natural. That's how humans are. When you get used to something good happening and something bad starts happening, then you're going to be frustrated. So I get that. But, I mean, K-State, you beat Oklahoma. You had some good moments, right? I mean, you've got Deuce Vaughn moving forward. Um, signing day period's coming up next week, so K-State's going to have, you know, all their recruits. I wouldn't say all of them. A good amount of their recruits uh, making it official. So, you know, the future is bright in Manhattan if you're a K-State fan. Um, I, I think there is a little remiss here if I didn't mention Texas. Um, and, I, and I mentioned it just for a second, but they won this game 69-13. to 13, uh, 31, pardon me. You know, everyone is talking about K-State looked ugly. You know, they gave up 69 points at home. Everyone's talking about how bad K-State was. Let's give Texas a lot of credit here. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. Tom Herman had his guys ready to play. Those guys wanted to play for Tom Herman, even though their season was essentially over, right? So I give them credit. I give, you know, the entire coaching staff down the line, 
um, kudos. I give the players kudos. The ones that stuck around and were still there for that game cared and wanted to win. Same thing simply cannot be said about Kansas State. Um, That's pretty much the gist of that game. If you're a Wildcat fan and you had to watch that, I'm so sorry. That was an embarrassment for Kansas State. I mean, Kleiman had a really good first season, and he's taken a step back this year. There's, there's no question about that. How big of a step back? That's up for, up for debate. But you know, after an eight and four regular season last year, then you go what four and six this year. I know it's the COVID season. I get that, and I also get that. That, that he's not playing with his full recruits yet. You know, these are kind of the the residue that Snyder left behind. And, you know, I think we're maybe a little bit, not to bash Snyder, but we're finding out that those recruits may not be as, as good as Kleiman wants them to be. So nothing wrong with that. But So I'm, I'm giving Kleiman a little slack there. But it's clear he's taking a step back in year two. Um, K-State was playing pretty, I mean, inconsistent last year. I think it was like week in, week out. You know, it was either feast or famine with Kansas State. You look at this season, one loss, four wins, five losses. Back, back, back. I mean, that's it. So it was bad, really good, and then really bad. So I don't know if K-State just hit a wall. I don't know what happened, but, but boy, you've got to turn the page if you're climbing. Get ready for next season. Hopefully, knock on wood, everything is as close to normal as it can be Um in the college football world and just around America in general. We'll go ahead and move on from this game. I know if you're a Wildcat fan, you want to be quick, <laughs> uh, you know, to erase this one from your memory. I think next time K-State loses a close one, just think, hey, it could be as it could be as bad as that Texas game from 2020, right? So with that being said, we'll talk about Iowa State and West Virginia. Um, Iowa State, man, I mean, a very dominant win for the Cyclones, like I said, 42-6 to over West Virginia. Um, from start to finish, Iowa State um, handled the Mountaineers uh, very handed. You know, they, they easy win for for Iowa State, and this is not. I didn't expect it to be a you know thirty six point game. Um, I, I anticipated Iowa State to win. I anticipated them to cover that. I think it was a six or seven point spread as well. So I'm not surprised they won. <clears throat> I'm surprised how they won. You know, West Virginia's defense is pretty good. I don't know. You, you can make the debate Oklahoma State's defense, Oklahoma's defense for that matter. I mean, earlier in the year, K-State's defense wasn't too bad. You know, you can make the argument for West Virginia's defense being one of the best in the Big 12, if not the best. So it's shocking to see that team give up 42 points against Iowa State. But I'm also just as surprised that, you know, um, that offense, you know, could only put up six points in Ames. So, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on these other games. Um, You know, I think that you, I mean, Iowa State's headed to the Big 12 title game. This means a lot to um, that school. And I I tweeted this out as well. You're happy for Iowa State, man. I know K-State fans love to bash um, the Cyclones, love to bash Tom, not Tom Herman, excuse me, um, even though I think Tom, <laughs> I think Tom Herman and Matt Campbell are pretty comparable, but people love to bash Matt Campbell. They love to bash the Farmageddon. Is it a rivalry? Is it not? You know this and that. You know, there's a little bad blood there, but I'm, I'm happy for Iowa State here. Um, as someone who covers Kansas State and who's been a K-State fan for my whole life, good for them, man. It's good to see it not being Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. You know, last year, 
Um, you know, people love to hate on Baylor for issues they had, you know, what, eight, nine years ago. And that was, uh, you know, terrible things that went down, uh, you know, went down there in Waco. But they've moved on. I like what Aranda did, uh, is doing, pardon me. And I like what Matt Rule did with the program as well. So, you know, same thing goes for Iowa State here. You've got to be happy for them. I know you can have your reasons to get frustrated with that team or want to make fun of them. That's fine. But you've got to be happy for Iowa State. They're playing um, for a Big 12 title in a few weeks in Dallas. Um, should I mean, that's, it's going to be a lot of fun to follow that one. Knock on wood if it happens. Um, Iowa State is, is, is all set for that game um, against Oklahoma um, here in a few weeks. So, you know, not much else to say about this one. It was a blowout from start to finish. Iowa State, um, really impressive victory. And we'll talk about it here on the second half of the show. Uh, maybe a new number one here in the 10 to 12 top 10 if you haven't um, <clears throat> checked it out already. But Iowa State's playing well. Their stock is continuing to rise after that game one loss against Louisiana. Next game we'll talk about here is TCU and Oklahoma State. The Cowboys kind of choked this one away. Um, not necessarily the fact that they had a lead in the fourth quarter and then gave up a you know fumble. You know, that didn't happen because the Cowboys didn't score at all in the fourth. Um, but they were up 13-0 early on. They had a scoop. I believe it was a scoop and score, if not a scoop, and return into the red zone. So they you know early on they were set up and they were rocking down there in Fort Worth. I think Mike Gundy and his team might have, um, you know, taken their foot off the pedal, so to speak, a little bit in that game. But a good win for TCU. I mean, this is a team that was one and four, I believe, was their record. One and three, I think it was one and three to start the season. And don't look now, but TCU's won four of the last five, and now they're five and four in the league. It's like, whoa, where did this come from? You know, um, I believe those wins are obviously Oklahoma State, Baylor, Tech, and Kansas, and I could be wrong on those, but. It's bottom teams they were beating other than Oklahoma State during these last four wins, right? So I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but let's realize that they were kind of beating up on the bottom teams in the league. Nonetheless, though, I mean, give TCU credit. I'm I'm kind of flip-flopping here. I'm I'm just saying that if you look into it a little bit, they were beating some some teams that they're supposed to beat as, you know, the school like TCU. But they've won four of the last five, man. Give TCU a lot of credit here. For this win, they didn't give up. They didn't back down when they were down early. Um, you know, Oakland. I was, uh, Zach Carlson was texting me because we have the bet on it article, um, which I totally bombed this week. I don't know if I even got one right. <laughs> I mean, like, I got. I guess I got Iowa State right, but uh, I think every other spread I missed, and then a couple over unders might have hit. But boy, hopefully you didn't read that article. Um, anyway, Zach Carlson picked Oklahoma State to cover. I think it was a two point spread. In Fort Worth, you know, Oklahoma State was up 13-0 early on. He texted me during the game, well, looks like I'm going to be moving to 5-0 on the season because Zach, you know, prior to this week, hadn't lost a bet at all. So I was like, wow, I mean, that's impressive for Oklahoma State. Um, I, I don't know if they've checked out of the season. I, I don't know. I don't think they have, really. Um, you know, Desmond Jackson is, is playing running back for Oklahoma State. 29 carries um, he had for the Cowboys, so... Without Hubbard, without Brown, you know, it's, it's going to be tough for a team to win like that. So I don't want to speculate on what, one way or another if that team was bought in or not. But the, the big story here, I think, is Oklahoma State's not as good as we realized they were. And maybe TCU's coming out of their shell for the second half of the season, right? Oklahoma State 
was pretty much the number one team for the first, what, six or I'd, I'd say five or six weeks of Big 12 play. Oklahoma really started heating up, excuse me, and Iowa State continued to dominate as well. So I think we're seeing who the real Oklahoma State is. We'll talk about where they stand in my 10 to 12 top 10 in the second half of the show. That's pretty much all that I've got for Oklahoma State and TCU. Um, good win for the Horn Frogs. Frustrating loss for an Oklahoma State fan. 29 to 22, the final uh, down there in Fort Worth. Next game we'll get into here is Baylor and Oklahoma. If you've listened to the podcast here before, you'll know that I'm a little critical of Baylor. I don't, you know, mean to be rude in that, but I, I've I've said they're a pretty bad team. Um, and I give the Bears some credit in this game. They only lost by 13. They didn't score until the second half, but, you know, Aranda, I do give him credit. He wanted to win this game. He went for it on fourth down once or twice in that game. Um, they didn't get it, so um, that's not a good formula for winning. But if you want to beat a team like Oklahoma, man, go for it on fourth. I love it. You know, we were watching the Panthers and the Chiefs. Um, probably a month back, the Chiefs are by far and away a better team than Carolina, no doubt about that. But Matt Rule, speaking of Baylor, you know, went for it on fourth down numerous times in that game and, and rolled the dice and said, hey, I'm not here to lose this game. I'm here to win this game, okay? So I give him credit. Same thing kind of went with Baylor on Saturday against Oklahoma. Um, they, they, they come up short by 13 points, two scores, right? But, you know, they hung around and they made it a game. I do give them credit for that. Oklahoma, I think, will be fair here. I believe that there was a you know an interception from Rattler in the red zone, so you know that could have been seven more points on the board. So it wasn't the prettiest game overall. Um, Oklahoma's defense, though, certainly is is continuing to impress um, as we watch them throughout the Big Twelve Conference. Again, not much else to say about this one. Oklahoma's really looking good. Um, at this point in the season, I think that they um, maybe I wouldn't say they took a step back because they still won the game by two possessions, but this is one that I was super confident that they would cover that 22-point spread in. They didn't get that done. So, you know, a win's a win. I'm sure that, that they're a little frustrated there um, in Norman if you're Lincoln Riley, but but still your your season's still, still, still it's, it's smooth and sail-y. Uh, sailing smoothing it's smoothing it's it's sailing smoothly wow um boy that was quite the tongue twister uh I, I beg your pardon on that last game we'll talk about here um kansas and texas tech like i said the, the final in norman was 27 um to 14 in case i missed that um 16 to 13 though in lubbock kansas hung around with texas tech man they didn't win the game and i don't think that anyone ever thought they would simply because it's Kansas, right? I'm not going to believe it until the the clock hits zero and Kansas has more points than Tech, right? But they hung around and they made this a game. I don't know how many turnovers Tech had. I think they had like four or five. Um, Tech also missed a few field goals. So add them up. That's what, seven? I think it was seven or eight total times where Tech um, gave Kansas the football back when it wasn't a punt. Or kickoff, right? So essentially, a missed field goal, interception, fumble, right? I, I'm pretty sure that's pretty sure that's correct. So Texas Tech should have won this game by, um, you know, let's say 
30 points, 20, I would say 20-some points. You know, they probably could have covered that spread if they not even played mistake-free football, but if they simply just cut down on some of those mistakes, they would have had a really good chance to be comfortable in that victory. Bowman only had 117 yards through the air. It was not a pretty game. I mentioned this on the 10-12 top 10, right? It wasn't pretty, but a win is a win if you're Texas Tech. I mean, they're 3-6 and six now in league play. They're playing not terribly bad, so... If they, you know, like I said, eliminate those mistakes, they didn't have Wells on the sideline with his COVID concerns. So, you know, it's it's tough not to have your head coach there to tell you what to do. But at the same time, I mean, you still got all the players and, you know, you. I mean, I just, eh, I'm not impressed with Texas Tech. If they, I mean, it's easy to say, though, if they eliminate those, those turnovers, they win this game by a lot. I give Kansas credit, though. I really do. They, I mean, I'm not going to say they forced every single turnover, but they definitely got some some turnovers forced against against Texas Tech, right? So, I mean, this is kind of the toilet bowl of the not even the weekend, but like <laughs> probably the whole season here. I don't know if we've seen a worse game from anyone in the Big Twelve between both teams, right? We saw we've seen abysmal performances from Kansas State, Kansas, you know, West Virginia on Saturday. We've seen some bad games. But from both teams, I think this is it here. This might be the worst that we've seen all year. Give Tech credit, 16-13, the victory for the Red Raiders in Lubbock. We'll take a quick break here on the 10 of 12 podcast. Coming up for the second half, we'll go through our 10 of 12 top 10, going through each team and ranking them as we stand here at this point in the season. What week even is it now? What, 15, 14? It's it's, it's going to be week 15 this season uh, weekend, so... Um, at this point, we'll talk about the rankings. We'll talk about the previews. We've got three conference games. We've got one non-con game with TCU. I was unaware of that until like a few days ago. I was like, wait, what? They actually, <laughs> they actually rescheduled this game. So uh, good for TCU. We'll talk about that there on the second half of the show. We'll quick, uh, take a quick break here on the 10 of 12 podcast. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Second half of the show coming your way as we go through our 10 of 12 top 10, as well as preview next weekend's games in the Big 12 Conference. We'll start it off here with our rankings for this week. We've got Iowa State up there at number one. They have surpassed Oklahoma as Oklahoma's been there for, I'd say, three or four weeks now um, in our rankings. And it's not that Oklahoma necessarily did anything too bad. Um, although they had, you know, kind of an iffy game against Baylor, I think the biggest thing for me moving Iowa State up to number one is the fact that they are looking so dominant um, on both sides of the football. You know, I think that the, the Texas game was a little too close for com- comfort for Iowa State, right? But they were coming off a short week, um, you know, and then they had to play, you know, Friday at 11 a.m. in Austin. So that just was not a good situation for Iowa State, and they still were able to get the win against Texas. You go back to last weekend, they dominate West Virginia. You go back to the weekend before that Texas game, and they absolutely dominated Kansas State. So I think it's hard to deny that this team is number one in the Big 12. Oklahoma's close at number two. Don't get me wrong. I think that's still a really good football team. And quite honestly, I think Oklahoma's got a higher ceiling than Iowa State. I really do think that. But at this point, Iowa State. I mean, look at the records: the eight and one for Iowa State, and then Oklahoma's um, 
got two losses there um, at, at six and two. So I know Oklahoma still got one more game left to play, but Iowa State they even beat Oklahoma early in the year. Um, if they play again, which they you know they will, so we'll see what happens moving forward. I just think that as of right now, you've got to put Iowa State up there. Uh, you know, it's 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 not all about the brand, and I give the college football playoff um, rankings crew committee, whatever you call it. I give them credit for ranking Iowa State ahead of Oklahoma. They're not paying attention to that name on the front of the jersey. They're paying attention to the um, game on the field, so to speak. So Iowa State 1, Oklahoma 2, um, that's kind of tier 1. I mean, that's, you know, you got 1A, 1B with, you know, Oklahoma and Iowa State, whoever you want to put there. If you want to say Oklahoma's number 1, that's okay. I will listen to your argument, and I think that you'll make some great points I just, it's so hard to not have Iowa State up at number one after what they've been doing over the last several weeks here in the Big 12 Conference. So I think the next drop-off, and it's a pretty big drop-off between Oklahoma and Iowa State, right? Then you've got Oklahoma, pardon me, Oklahoma State here. Um, Oklahoma State's at number three, way behind Oklahoma and Iowa State. Everyone's way behind those two. So Oklahoma State's essentially, they're not even the worst of the best because you can't call them one of the best teams. I would say they're the best of the worst. And I think it's very fair to say that all um, eight of the remainder teams have had games this year where it's very fair to call them one of the worst teams, right? So Oklahoma State's not one of the worst teams. I'm not trying to say that, but essentially it's a whole different bracket of teams once you get after that drop-off with Oklahoma and Iowa State. So I like Oklahoma State at number three. I mean, in a normal season— if we're seeing the way they play, I think it's very hard to put this team at number three. But behind them here, we'll get to it in a minute, four Texas, five West Virginia. It's just hard to put those teams up above Oklahoma State as well. So they're kind of the beneficiary of other teams' struggles this season in the Big 12. So Oklahoma State's number three. You could make an argument to push them back, but you've got no argument to move them up to number two or one. Um so I think I think number three number three is kind of a safe option for the Cowboys at this point in the season. Number four is Texas. Um, I came close to moving the Longhorns up to three um, after that win against Kansas State, but I didn't want it to. I didn't want these rankings just to be a recency bias thing. So I've still got them um, at number four. They were five last week, so they're rising up a little bit. Um, they flip-flop with West Virginia, so now it's, you know, uh, Texas 4, West Virginia 5. Um, let's take a step back and look at Texas this season. They're 6-3 and three on the year, 5-3 and three overall, right? That's not the standard of Texas football. So Tom Herman is, from what I've heard, most likely going to be out of Austin after the season's over. I don't know if it'll be Urban Meyer coming into town. I don't know who the guy's going to be. But Texas, I mean, it's just, it's kind, it's not been what the expectations were for Tom Herman. He's failed expectations, right? You've got Sam Ellinger, a senior quarterback, coming in here. Um, I mean, it happens every flipping year with Texas, right? Oh, they're going to be super good this year. They've got this guy coming back. Um, Tom Herman's finally going to get over the hump. Doesn't matter who's coaching. It's always hype, hype, hype with Texas. So that's what happened this year. I think you've got to give them credit for their wins. They have a winning record in Big 12 play. At the same time, though, they've looked kind of ugly in some of these games that Iowa State lost at home. Tom Herman had some um, some iffy calls, to say the least. 
they had a really good chance to beat Oklahoma in uh, in, in the Red River Showdown. They failed to do so in overtime, you know, and they, and they lost to TCU, which was not pretty either. So Texas, I've got them at number four. Um, they still got a game coming up against Kansas. However, um, I'm recording this on Monday. It's about two two o'clock right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised by the time you're listening to this that this game gets postponed. Texas has some active cases. They've shut down the football um, program for the time being while they handle that. In my mind, I think that they just don't want to play this game against Kansas because it is absolutely pointless to even play. I'm not even talking about a health. Um, you know, uh, it certainly doesn't make any sense because it has no impact on the Big 12. Neither team is going to play for the title game. You know what I mean? So it, it, this game does not matter in that regard. But, you know, it, it, none, of, none of it matters. None of it. COVID, I mean, obviously no one wants to get COVID, right? Um, but Texas, I think, doesn't, I mean, they're just going to check out of this game and say, nah, we don't want to play Kansas. We don't want to go up on the road again to the Sunflower State and play another cold game. Nah, not going to happen. So I wouldn't be surprised if Texas ends its regular season a little bit early. I could be wrong on that, um, but we'll see what happens. I like Texas overall at number four. West Virginia is down the number five after the embarrassing loss, and I kind of just mentioned it. <laughs> I don't want recency bias to come in here, but, I mean, they're 4-4 four and four in the Big 12. I think right there at number five is a fair spot. Like I said, this was a shocking loss for West Virginia. Not that they lost, but the way they did it. They never had a chance up there. Uh, in Ames, Iowa. So, I mean, not much to say about them. They have their chance 100% to redeem themselves against Oklahoma in Morgantown on Saturday. Will they do so? We'll have to find out and wait and see um, here in just a minute as we preview that one. TCU, number six. I mean, they're five and four. So, I think it's kind of tough to put them up above West Virginia. They're playing well as of late, but man, if you've watched this team this season, very hard to have that team in the top half of our rankings. Number seven, Texas Tech. They haven't changed. Um, They squeak by Kansas. Number eight, Kansas State. I was super close to putting them at number nine, but they did win four games this year. I think that you've got to give them credit for those um, with those victories. Number nine is Baylor. um, Two and six, I'm not a fan. They've shown some good signs as of late, but I don't necessarily want to buy into those couple of games. For the Bears, number 10 is, with no surprise, Kansas. Um, And it's kind of funny. Usually I just write down in the little description thing, nothing new to report here, (laughs) Uh, you know, every week for Kansas. But, uh, you know, I mean, for the first time this season, they had a legitimate chance to beat, you know, its opponent. Although it didn't work out, they lost the game. They still competed. I give them credit. Um, for that outing in Lubbock. So that's the rankings. We'll go back up the line here. We've got Kansas at 10, Baylor at 9. You've got K-State at 8. Number 7 is Texas Tech. 6 is TCU. Into the top 5 now, we've got West Virginia in the 5 spot. You've got Texas at number 4. Oklahoma State is at number 3. OU at 2. And Iowa State is now on top of our rankings. Next, we'll just briefly, uh, pardon me, briefly touch over these games um, that we've got coming up on Saturday. I think real quick here, there's nothing to say about TCU, Louisiana Tech. I'm sure there's something I could say about it, but let's be real, it's not Big 12 football. It's non-con. It's December. This doesn't even... This this, uh, this feels so weird. <laughs> I mean, we even had TCU, Oklahoma basketball. That was yesterday. So, 
I mean, it's 2020, man. Anything can happen with these scheduling and yada, yada, yada. But we had Big 12 basketball on, what, December 6th of, you know, and that's that's like right when, you know, that's like a month before conference play in a normal season. So that was odd to see, just to like see two Big 12 teams playing in December, early December. But that's apart from the point. TCU, um, they've got Louisiana Tech, 6 o'clock on FS1. Um, if you care about that game, uh, there you go. You've, you've got the time, you've got the channel, um, and you're all set to go. We'll talk about Oklahoma and West Virginia here. I'm a fan of West Virginia in this game, actually. And we had this game get postponed um, a few weeks back, and I was a big, big fan of Oklahoma. But after what we've seen, and don't get me wrong, West Virginia looked abysmal last weekend against Iowa State, but, but, but Oklahoma struggled as well. So it's not just them who you know, had their issues. Um, both teams are coming off of subpar performances. I think both coaches would have to, you know, agree with me on that. Um, overall, though, I mean, the line is at 12 and a half for Oklahoma. It's a it's an iffy line here. I think West Virginia, the biggest up that they've got is the fact that it is a home kickoff on the East Coast. Uh, Oklahoma's going to be set back an hour or so to 10 a.m. kick for the team there in central time. So that just gives me um, a little bit of an up for West Virginia. I don't know who's going to win this game, but I'm I'm hopeful that if I'm a betting man, that West Virginia can cover this 12-and-a-half-point spread um, out there in Morgantown. Um, you know, I don't know what else there is to say. It's all speculation at this point going into the game. Who's going to be able to turn it around after – a frustrating performance on Saturday. That's the question. If you think it's West Virginia, there you go. If you think it's Oklahoma, there you go. So I like West Virginia to cover. I'm not necessarily confident that they can win this game, but they'll hang around. They're at home. They're going to be angry after the way they played against Iowa State. Next game, 2.30 on the U is Texas and Kansas. Like I said, I anticipate this one to be canceled. I honestly do. Um, If not, though, it's a 30-point line. I would honestly like Kansas to cover in this game. There might be a little bit of a hangover effect from the game on Saturday. If you are Texas, as for Kansas, man, you almost beat Texas Tech on the road. You've got some confidence. Um, you know, Most people are going to say, oh, wow, look at what Texas did last week. They're going to do it again. No, that's not how it works. You can't let one game from the previous week determine um, how a team's going to perform next you know, week. So I like Kansas to cover if it's played. 30 points is a little too much. Um Kansas covered last weekend. Hey, let's do it again here if you're a Jayhawk fan. Next game here, um, and the last game here, is Oklahoma State and Baylor. This one is also on the U. It's at 6 o'clock. I like Oklahoma State to cover that six-point spread. I think they can get that done pretty easily against Baylor. Um, I think Baylor's going to come back down to earth after two solid performances um, in Waco. I think the only thing you're concerned about, though, is West Virginia, are they going to, or pardon me, Oklahoma State, I beg your pardon, are, is Oklahoma State going to be ready for this game? If they're ready, if they care, if they want to win, if they're locked in, they want to play for their coach, you love Oklahoma State. I think that's the only thing that you can be a little concerned about if you're betting on this game is it's simple here. Their season is pretty much done, and, and so is Baylor. So either team could be easily checked out of this game. Heck, we could get a very competitive game. We don't know what we'll see, but overall, 
if both teams are locked in, I think Oklahoma State's got a big advantage. I like them to win double digits and cover that six-point spread pretty easily down there in Waco. That pretty much wraps up the show here. Um, not much else to say about these games. Of course, tune in next week. We'll talk about these four. We'll digest them. Um, no guest today. I, I kind of felt like riding solo um, and getting my rant out there about Kansas State. Don't worry, though. Um, if you're a Wildcat fan, it's the COVID season. Things will be okay moving forward. Um, again, real quick here, be sure to follow us on Twitter at 10up12podcast. I'd appreciate that very much. Other than that, I'm Ryan Gilbert. Thank you so much for spending part of your day listening to this episode of the 10 Up 12 Podcast. <laughs>